And hey, 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 what is up, everybody? It's me. You know who I am. You're on my channel. You've watched my show. My camera angle's stupid, so I'm going to fix it. Hold on. There we go. How we doing, everybody? Been like a week and a half since my last episode. Uh, if you've watched my ridiculous oat milk thing, thank you. If you didn't, you know, it was ridiculous. You probably didn't miss much. Uh, I'm Joel Cupcake. You already know that. Uh, it's my birthday over the weekend. I turned the big fat 3-5. That's why I didn't do an episode last week. I was too busy, uh, you know, celebrating myself because I'm an egotistical maniac. Anyways, uh, thanks for being here. I just found out the other day we we cracked five five thousand uh, views on the YouTube channel. I have over you know two thousand listens on the podcast network. So thanks to everybody that's checked out the show. Um, if you haven't, if you would like to give me a subscribe or whatever, please do it on the YouTube channel. That's my main outlet for the project. I, I seriously would appreciate that. Uh, we do have, I do have social media for the show. You can like it, retweet it, all that, all that crap. You know what I mean? Uh, anyways, beyond the point, beyond the point. Thank you for the support. I'm back. I'm 35. I'm feeling great. My policy is getting better. They're releasing me to go back to work so I can rejoin the workforce very fucking soon. Thank you. I am so losing my freaking mind. Um, today, I have an awesome guest, someone I've become very close with over the last couple of years. He is probably the best up-and-coming videographer in this country, in my opinion. Um, and I'm not saying that just because he's a guest on my show and is absolutely adorable. Uh, I do actually like truly love his fucking work. Um, he also sings for a fucking incredible metalcore band called Distinguisher. This is my good friend, Nick Chance. What's up, dude? How are you? Uh, hey, baby. I'm good. Three five. So cheers to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't look a day over. What were you saying? 27 earlier? Uh, dude, I'm 28. Oh, my. So I'm younger than you. How does that feel, dude? Uh, dude, I feel like an old man now. Dude. I know I know I just said 27 forever, but uh now I'm creeping up there. It's all right, man. It, it's honestly it's happened to all of us, dude. You know, like before you know it, like everyone's like, how how's how's 35 feel? And I was like, I'm halfway to 70, so I'm almost dead. You know, it feels great, <laughs> dude. And everyone's like, Oh, don't say that. And then one of my friends the other day, I said that. You know what I mean? And all the girls were like, Oh, don't say that. Like that's da -da 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 -da. and then my buddy goes, Yo, just look at it this way. You're closer to 50 than you are to 20. And I was like, Man, fuck you. Dude. I don't want to think about it like that, dude. Come on. Yeah, I was like, why you gotta do me like that, bro? Like, that's like, fucked up. Dude. Me in front of all my friends. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, right? Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, well, yeah, man, that that's it, dude. I, I'm 35. We got a few people together down at like one of the local breweries, outdoor oh. seating. Bomb ass, bomb ass taco truck. Best nachos I've ever had, Nick, anywhere yes, on the sir. face of the planet. Period. They Love do that. like this. They do this like um ancho guacamole ranch like drizzle that goes on top of the nachos. Ooh. And then they and then they have like actual nacho cheese instead of because I live in California, so like we have the real Mexican food. So a lot yeah. of the nachos are melted cheese. But like, you know what? I'm you don't get that shit around here much. Dude, I'm a chubby guy, bro. I want nacho cheese. I don't want if, real cheese. If like, okay. Country fried cooking is great. Love being in the South. Love the good old yes. fried bullshit. I can't wait to live out West because I know I'm just going to eat my, like, I'm going to eat my weight in just Mexican food constantly. Oh, listen, man. If tortillas and pizza didn't exist, I'd be the same body size as you. That's all I have to say. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> Dude like, I, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of them. Yeah. I can't get enough of anything wrapped in a tortilla. Dude, not like give give me everything. Give me everything, dude. You can just pile it on. I'll just sit there like 
you just give me real high, I'll eat it all. I promise you. It might take me a while, but I'll go. <laughs> like, I love it. I'll go to town. I promise. I love it, dude. When in doubt, put it in a fucking tortilla, dude. That's what oh. I always say. Always, movie. always, always. Um, all right. Well, for so for those of you not watching, uh, as I mentioned, you know, Nick, you sing for a band, Distinguisher. You used to be in a really fucking awesome East Coast band called Hounds, right? Yeah, uh, I played drums for them. Uh, my first tour with them, actually, my first show with them was with Kublacan and Gideon, and I think Silent Planet as well at the right. old Masquerade location. Um, oh, I miss that place. It, the old location, like the new, like the new Masquerade, is so incredibly sick, and they are doing a phenomenal job with everything, especially with everything starting to come back and everything. They're yeah. It looks like to me they're promoting everything right. Uh, shout out to Jeff Minnick over there because he's yeah. just been fucking killing it for them. But the old location, it just holds a special place in my heart. I saw the last foundation show there. Uh, I saw Architects for the first time there. I saw Backtrack for the first time there. My first show with Hounds was there with uh, Kubakana Gideon, I think, Silent yeah. back in 2015. And then I did a tour with them for Body Snatchers, I think, first East Coast run for the Abandonment EP. Oh, and okay. Okay. After that tour, they asked me to be in the band, and I was in it until probably like the end of summer 2018, and we just kind of parted ways. It happens. Yeah, dude. So every time I've been to ATL, and we play, I've been on tour with the band that plays the Masquerade. I've been there, I think, three times total. Uh, I only remember one time, of course. You know me. You know, you know, you know, you know me and my tequila. You know what I mean. I, I so don't, I don't remember a handful of the last couple of times I was there. So don't perfect, perfect, dude. I love that venue. Having three different rooms to play Thanks. in, like no one else. And and when you like, like for example, like you know, we have this place called the Catalyst out here in California. Like the rooms are literally separate parts of the building. Like you walk in yeah. the the building and go left, and there's the smaller room, the atrium, and then you go deep in, and that's the main room. You know, yeah. but like. The masquerade just had the three rooms stacked on top of each other. Like, talk about efficiency. It was so cool. Like, immediately walking in down, like downstairs to the old venue, like first door on your right was hell. And that was like a 650, 700 cap room. And then like a little ways up the stairs to your left was purgatory. That's a 250 cap room. And then you had the big 1500 cap room upstairs in heaven. It was so sick. Now the new compound, it literally wraps around this whole block of like underground Atlanta. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they have like this whole section of this, like it's, it looks like an outdoor mall to me, but yeah. they really have access to the entire like complex. It's Yo, so cool. That's crazy. I, I need to look up pictures cause I've actually been kind of curious and now you're over sparking my interest. You know what I mean? I think, I, I think I've played all three rooms in both masquerade locations. That's so sick. That, like that's honestly like, coming up like growing up in the scene like down here that was like a bucket list goal for me for the oh, whole yeah. masquerade and then it just happened to happen like at the new place once Dude, i moved in that's it so, was so sick. sick that's so just, sick love it i love it uh word man so like so you're you said you just turned 28 so mm-hmm. like you're a little closer to my age than some of the oh, other man. people i have on the show which is always nice mm-hmm. so like so like take me take me back like you know how how did nick chance get into Let's just say underground music. We can say you can say metalcore or however you want to say it. I'm going to say, how did you get into underground right, music? So, like, like, I want to know. I want to know like Baby Chance stories. Like, okay, uh, some of the first like heavy bands that I remember listening to, yeah, were, um, Lincoln Park's Meteora was the first CD that I ever got. Like my okay. hands, the first like physical CD that was ever given to me for a birthday. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of what started it all. Um, I got it into some 41 really hard when I was like 12 or 13. Yo, dude, uh, stiff off her lip. That's a fucking, I know, I know a lot of people will be like, Oh, they turn into a radio band. This, that's the other thing, bro. Stiff off her lip. Yeah. That band, that song will always go like that song comes on and you're in a good mood. And if you're not, you should just go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like in too deep. So good. Get the fuck out of my face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care. I want to go. I'm gonna go put on some Sun 40. As soon as we finish this episode, I'm just gonna put on some 41 and like go work out. Dude, I 100% Chuck was their best record for me. So Dude. sick. Yeah. That was like a borderline thrash record at some points. So many cool like Metallica s riffs. Dude, yeah, he did, they did. I don't know if do do they write their own music? I don't know if they're one of those bands. You know what? It doesn't I, matter. You're right. That record is fucking legit, dude. Like, I mean, like they probably have ghostwriters now. I could definitely see it, but then again, I'm not. I don't know. So yeah, fair, fair. But well, dude, that's okay. So some forty one, Lincoln Park, uh, obviously greatest band of all time dude, in my uh, opinion. Nickelback, like they had some riffs, dude. Yo, they, yo, yo so. One of my best friends, Jared. I'll have him on the show at some point in time. A lot of you from a lot of you West Coast folks, you know Jared. Uh, he played in this old metalcore band. How metalcore is his name, Nick? You ready? Start the fire up. Get the fuck out of here. And they had a keyboard player, of course. Yes. 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 So, so he 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 stands Nickelback. I think is how the kids say it these days. You know what I mean? Yes. Like. Yeah, I, you know, I'm old. You know, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes, you know, you guys text me and I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to what me? Are you talking about? Yeah. So, but so he, so he does. Uh, I've actually seen both Nickelback and Puddle of Mud in the same show. No, dude. Oh my God. See, I had, I had the chance to see Disturbed when I was like 11, 12 in concert with my yeah. uncle. And I decided to fly out to go to Colorado to see my dad and go snowboarding instead. Yeah. I don't regret it. Some part of me kind of wanted to see the start. So, so, so you wanted to go s- snowboarding instead of getting down with the sickness? Is what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, like I, I did not get down with the sickness this time. That's really disappointing. I kind I kind of figured you were you were always yeah. down with the sickness, dude. dude like uh, you, you could you could take a, like 10, 15 points off my metalcore ranking chart. Oh, those don't exist. No, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe on Twitter, but not here, not on the show. You know what I mean? Who cares? Twitter is Twitter. It's always going to be a lawless wasteland. It's always been a lawless wasteland. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, that so that's fucking tight. So you know, you were you were. I was like a punk kid that turned into a new metal kid, and then that's what got. Then I went. It was weird, man. It's just weird. It's I, just uh, my, my transition. Like, I started out with like Sub Forty One and like Lincoln Park and Nickelback and like. Sublime and Incubus and God's Back and all this shit like growing up with like around here in the South. And then going into high school, I discovered Story of the Year, Page Avenue. And Dude. that entire summer going into ninth grade, that record was on repeat every single day without uh, it, fail. In my opinion, Page Avenue is pr- like, okay, if you go, if we're going to go like a mainstream band from our genre, mm-hmm. that's. Like nobody talks about that record, but it's so it's, fucking good. It's dude, so sick. Dude, my girlfriend does not listen to metalcore, and she knows every lyric to every song on that record. Yes, let's like, go. Like she lyrics. is the farthest thing from someone in our world, and even the she's like, "This is ridiculous for no reason." It's like a garbage can, and I love it. Well, dude, and like that dude, like, so you know, like I'm a huge fan of like when 
so there's there's a difference between like to me like i understand the lyrics and then i connect with the lyrics like just that whole like everything he in in that record the way it's like the it's not what he sings it's the way he like the adjectives he uses yeah. i'm like this is like me writing this like i felt like i you know what i mean like it's like more than just, really personal, there really you go yeah it. yeah yeah i love it dude that fucking record slaps and you know what i gotta give you a shout you know, I've had a lot of dudes on the show. Most of them are older than you. And this is my 49th episode with a guest. And not one motherfucker has mentioned Incubus. Now, let me tell you. Yeah, if, if, you don't, so good. if you don't respect, like, even if you don't like the band, if you don't respect what they did, like, they were like, hey, we're a bunch of fucking kids that love to do drugs. And we got thrust into, like, they, they literally no. were the subculture thrown into the limelight like they were yeah. they were it was like nirvana and then them it just got like thrust into it yeah and it's like okay yeah some they wrote some terrible records you know yeah, yeah they're, they're 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 littered with problems you know a lot of people don't understand that the reason incubus hasn't been good live in 10 years is because they gave druggies a record contract like those yeah. dudes like i forget i'll try to find the interview and send it to you there's like there's one point in time where it's basically Without actually saying it, they basically admit like the only reason we still tour is because we owe Universal so much fucking money. And it's like that's but that's what happens when you give a bunch of fucking yeah. stoners money and hey, write sick music and they yeah. don't care about the business. No, like they're they're in it for like for the sake of having a good time. Yeah, and I mean and I mean I'm sure the dudes in the band still make money. Oh, you yeah. know, like I'm sure but they're fucking well off. Fucked on, I bet. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think they're on Universal. I, 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 I'm too lazy to look it up. I hope I'm right. Please, like, please don't have anybody come like fact me and like crucify me in the comments for this. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But either way, dude, Incubus, bro, they had some fucking hits, dude. Like, I'll literally like at home. I like when I'm not like out in Vegas on the West Coast or just traveling in general. Um, I do a bunch of landscaping for my family's company down here. Oh, like, okay. I say landscaping, it's just more like groundskeeping and shit like that. Like I'll like upkeep the yard on campus, like replace windows, like fix like holes in drywall and shit. And nine times out of ten, I can just take like a little like Bluetooth speaker or radio with me everywhere. And yeah. I'm always blaring like incubus, like Godsmack, Chevelle, like this, that, and the third all day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I my like workplace music is always I don't know how I go to these two different lengths. It's fucking DMX and Sublime. Like those are yes. always without a doubt what I'm listening to at work. Let's like, go. I love it. Like when I worked for Am, I used to do package delivery for Amazon and like let me tell you, they fucking treat their workers like shit. Um so right. I had I had this huge back and forth bullshit with Amazon. I was trying to get fired, Nick. Like that's the only job I've ever tried to get fired for. So like you were supposed to show well, up. To I, the mean, I don't really blame you for that. Yeah. So you're supposed to show up to the warehouse 10 to 15 minutes early. Like, so mm -hmm. say your shift starts at 1230. Yeah. Your shift actually starts at 1245, but you have to get there for like a little safety powwow and you get your route assigned to you and like all this stuff, you have to wear a uniform and you have to wear safety gear. Right. Yeah. Well, they promoted me and then demoted me. And California has this like crazy loophole where I was like, well, you can demote me, but you can't change my pay, motherfucker. Like, uh, this, so that's where they fucked up, bud. what? Like, that's where they fucked up. It's yes, like, they yes. demote you, but they can't get rid of the extra pay that they just gave you. Exactly. So they, so that happened. And there's some other drama I don't want to get into to make the story real fucking quick. Basically, the last like three months I worked there, I would show up, I would miss the meeting. 
like because I had been a lead, I knew how to do everything. So I don't yeah. need to be at a meeting. I know how to just go in and figure out what my route is by looking at the, you know, I knew how to do everything. Yeah. So I'd show up late and they're sitting there either having the powwow or they haven't even started sorting the packages. And I get my work van and I pull up closer than I'm supposed to, to the loading dock and just put on the DMX playlist unedited. Let's go. And everyone's just Let's like, piss them off. and everyone's just staring at me. Like, 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 dude, you really like you. Like, and you're, it, gonna, you're gonna do this right now. It's like, yes, the fuck, I am gonna do. But this like, right but now. like, they demoted me, and I had some dirt on on one of them. Like, one of them said some uh, inappropriate comments to your boy about how sexy my tattoos looked. Um, oh. you know, so I was like, get rid of me. I dare you. I fucking dare you. And it was hilarious. <laughs> and it was hilarious because I worked the night shift, and I had mm -hmm. the second best numbers on the night shift of all the employees of every day yeah. of the week, except for one person. And that mm -hmm. one person, I got hired there. I brought him on. He was my yeah. personal, like he was like my IRL friend. We met at our job prior to that. And so mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so like I've given you the best employee you've ever had on the night shift. Oh, and I'm the second yeah, best and one. Like you and the person you brought on are bringing in like the biggest numbers. Yeah, so, the like, biggest number. So I was like, dude, yeah. So it would just be like hilarious. Like I would just back up and I just sit in my van with DMX bumping until right till the belt started, then go get my packages, throw them in the car. Like you're not supposed to use your personal cell phone. You're supposed to use like your, their little like PDA data thing. Well, we figured out you could like put the phone in airplane. You could put the PDA in airplane mode uh -huh. and then I could scan the packages on my actual phone. And so, like, I could literally go bust all my shit out and then go take, like, an hour and a half lunch because That's my shit's my shit's in airplane mode, so they didn't know. Dude, I was doing yeah. that. I was – it was – I was, like – I was, like – The whole system. Yeah, and I was, like, working overtime. Like, I was refusing to – like, because they fucked me. So, what? why – why? what's the point of me being a good employee? Me, so fuck you at this point. Yeah, but I was still getting my work done because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm still an adult. Like, you know, I'm not just going to show yeah. up and get paid to do nothing. Like, that's yeah. – You're going to do like, your work, but, yeah. like – you're going to make it like you're going to make it rough on them. Cause they made it rough on you. But yeah. So it was like DMX every day for like a month straight. And then finally somebody was like, can you play something else? And I was like, let's do, let's do work karaoke. What do you guys want? Every day, yeah. every, like, every like shift. Yeah. I was like every shift, someone else gets to choose the music. I bump on the dock. And like the, 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 the leadership team was just like, you're not, not supposed to have it. music on because you're loading trucks with packages. That's unsafe. They were not having it. And I was like, well, you know what? When someone with an OSHA badge comes over here and tells me I'm I'm endangering my fellow coworkers, yeah. I'll respect that. I was like, I ain't gonna listen to you. So it no. just got it got ludicrous. And it was like yeah. because we had like you know we had a bunch of Hispanic people that worked with us. We had a bunch of black people that worked with us. So if they were like, yo, put this on, I didn't care if it was like gangster rap. I didn't care how hood it was. I didn't care gangster. if it was like, you know, like like Hispanic music and they're and they're singing about like killing people in Spanish. Like I, I played it all. Yeah, it I played it all. I was like, hey, it's, no, it's your day. What do you want for like the hour we have to load our, our vehicles? Dude. Yep. Yeah, but DMX and Sublime were always what I, I jammed. And then every once in a while, I'd throw a little Blink on or a little, uh, you know, some Linkin Park, you know. Yeah, shake it up a little bit. Yeah, the good shit. But anyways, we got a little off subject. We do that here on the show because I, no, I, like, I, like, I like the sound of my own voice. You know that. So um, Dude, I will talk. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Yeah. So so how did you go from like that stuff to metalcore? And how did you start like playing music and being involved with music? Okay, so um, I didn't go to my, like, first show until, like, 
early ninth grade and i think one of my first shows was actually like a mixed bill with for today and Whitechapel in a church in the oh. mi- in the middle of nowhere alabama tight respect they had uh there's this uh this church like maybe 15 20 minutes from my house that would had like a youth program called interchange and okay. every friday night they would have like local or regional bands play for like for like five dollar ten dollar entry and oh, cool. I, happened, okay. I happened to come on one of the days where they got a, a tour package routed through there and, and like all these like straight up christ core kids with like the swoopy bangs and, and like the super tight like jeans with like the jelly bands were just whooping ass so for today in Whitechapel in a church for no reason. I love this is it. back when like Matty yeah. Montgomery was like as skinny as me and like had dreads down to his knees. Yeah, like, I remember. Ecclesia era for today, like good shit. Yeah, that's 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 hilarious. There was the next show I went to. There was this one local band called Survive the Flames, and I got so so mad because my stepdad threw the shirt away two months after I had gotten it. Cause he'd like, he thought the logo was like really like Satan or something. Cause it was just like one of those like old school, like metalcore like jagged logos on the front of the shirt. Yeah. Jagged logos. I, yeah, I, assume, I assume they were, they sounded like Killswitch Engage with a lot of shirt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like one of my, one of my older like classmates in my high school, like played guitar for them. I thought it was so sick. So That's I tried so to go to that venue to see them anytime I could. And I'm sure my stepdad and my mom were just fed up with me asking to go to this place every Friday. But one of my first shows was like for today and Whitechapel. I, if I remember correctly, that's so in a, tight. In a tiny little church venue. AC didn't work. Everybody was sweating. I think I was wearing trip pants with the cha- with the chains and everything. Respect. I was one of those kids. I was definitely like a bull from outside. I've been so full. Trip pants wearing kids. I know. Then I was around like core shows. Yeah. I was like, okay, skinny jeans and vans are the way to go. Yep. Yep. You saw you saw the light, brother. Yeah. I did. <laughs> and, all throughout high school, like I would listen, like I got turned on to like Winds of Play, like Job for a Cowboy, Despised Icon, As I Lay Dying, August Burns Red, like this, that, and the freaking third. And all throughout high school, I just like I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. And I, that makes me sound like a like an antisocial loner. No, 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 I'm don't. not. I promise. Like I have friends, trust me. But they, um, I, I just sat in the back of my classroom just with my. The headphones in just listening to music all day every day that's how i've learned about like suicide silence and shit like that as blood runs black and shit like that in 10th grade like yeah, yeah. That, that's how i figured out about all those bands and that's so sick, that's so sick. sick i actually didn't start my own band until like two or three months after i graduated high school because i didn't know too many people from around my area because all my friends still live around like the greater Birmingham area. Yeah, I went to high yeah. school in a tiny little country ass town called West Blockton. Like my graduating class was maybe 87 people. Holy shit. Maybe. Holy shit. Yeah. It was tiny. And like, there's not a lot of, you know, you know, not a lot of our type of shit in an environment like that. I did have friends that were into the same music and shit. Most of them were either two grade, two or three grades above me or two or three grades below me. So it was kind of weird. I was kind of stuck in the middle. Mm. So, and then uh, I started my very first really shitty band uh, two or three months after I graduated from high school. Uh, we were called So On and So Forth. It was really bad. Uh, I'm sure I punished 
the studio engineer just by how bad I was playing drums. And I fully understand that. That's why I had to get better because they were like, yeah. He was like, this isn't cutting it. Like, you got to shape up, bud. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for telling me early. You know what? Those are the best people, though. Oh, yeah. He was like, you, like... Like we can either I can make this work, or you can like either like redo it or whatever. So I had to get better and redo it. But you know what? Like especially you being a young guy, like a lot of engineers have trouble actually saying that, like to somebody. Like I know, I know. Oh no, he was fed up with me. He was absolutely fed up with me. It was like, hey, uh, go home, get your shit together, and then come back, and then we'll figure this out. And that's how it happened. That's sick. That's sick. So so how did you go from? Because you sing in Distinguisher now, you know. Yes. How did you go from drumming to, to being a vocalist? Like, did you, was it one of those, like, let me guess, let me, hold on, let me guess. You just, like, hopped on stage with a buddy's band and did it one day. And you were like, fuck, I like this. And you were good at it? Dude, how did you guess that? I've been around that's, a long time. That, that, that's really not far off. Like, um, I've been around a long time, my friend, and I've seen a lot of things. You know what I, I mean? I, I always liked, like, screaming. And, yes. like, whatever. It is. It, it's screaming. Whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? I, I like screaming and singing. Granted, Bearden is a way better singer than I will ever be, just because that man is an actual powerhouse, and I don't understand where it comes from. And he's an angel. He's a literal angel. He yeah. he deserves the world. But yeah, like he like I started screaming like when I first got my car and like my own car and everything. So I would just blast like I the breather. And again, more for today. And August burns red. Yo, August. shout out, shout out to my boy Sean. Sometimes he checks out the show. Let's Love. Go, buddy. Love I the breather. Love, Thanks for getting me started on this shit, dude. Appreciate love, it. Love I the breather, man. I, I remember seeing I the breather when I was like seventeen at this uh, shitty bar venue in Birmingham called Zydeco, and I actually have a signed I the breather poster here somewhere. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's like kind of sort of like an upstairs venue. Yep. Yo, funny story I've ever I've ever had. So like I don't I don't do well when I'm high. Like I, I've said that on the show before. <laughs> like I don't do well. Um, That's so I I forget exactly the, what tour I was on, but my total my bread headlined. Mm-hmm. And I was tour managing one of the support bands. Um, and I'm sitting in the green room. We're just chowing on chicken wings. I'm stunned out of my fucking mind. And the owner of that place runs in and said, you know how Matthew is, he's wild on stage. Yeah. He was he was trying to hang from the roof, and when he put his hand up to grab like something to hang from, he actually like the ceiling tile, like mm, I have a story about that in just a second. And so he pulled the fucking fire sprinkler through the roof, like the pipe. <laughs> and so the promoter's like, "So this is coming out of the guarantee or what?" And I was like, "Did you pull?" I was like, "I was like, first off, I was like, first off, yeah, I was like, first off, why you asking me? Second off, like, you're, why are your pipes that accessible? Sec- thirdly, you didn't say like don't punch a hole through the ceiling because it's fragile." And they're like, yeah. we should. They're like, we have to tell you that. And I'm like, well, I mean, have you ever booked? I mean, if like, it's a problem, then yeah, maybe you should make it known. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, have you ever booked a metalcore band before? Like, do you not realize that like this, like you don't know what's gonna fucking happen in the next 45 minutes? I have the perfect story to tell you about that exact same scenario, but way worse. Oh my, God. you know this really tiny band asking Alexandria, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, tiny small band. Small band, yes. Uh, they were doing their headliner for Stand Up and Scream, I think. Uh, right after they just started hit fucking big, like yeah, they like they were all anybody talked about. So it was them, Emir, and Miss May I, and like two more support bands in Birmingham at Zydeco. Emir uh, was great. 
Miss May, I was sick because, you know, I fucking, I thought Levi was the fucking bee's knees. Like, when I was a young kid, I wanted to sound like him. But I, I went to, like, I watched half of Asking Set, and then I walked outside, and literally as I'm getting to the sidewalk and walking away from the venue, I hear just a bunch of fucking commotion and just a literal riot happening upstairs. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I walk back out to the gate. They won't let anybody in once you leave. But I see everybody just getting pushed out of the venue, and I hear from people saying, oh, uh, Danny just had people jump up into the ceiling and rip all the ceiling tiles and everything down. They ripped out the ceiling tiles. They ripped out the AC vent, the AC ducts. This, that, and the third just destroyed the entire ceiling. Oh my god, dude! Literally, like that, like it was. I can't remember what song it was, but Danny was like, "I want to see you all tear this ceiling literally the fuck down," and they did it. Oh my god, I love it, dude. Oh, dude, I felt so bad for that promoter. Felt so oh. bad. I've gotten so lucky. I've never had a lot of that stuff happen. Only time I was ever actually scared was we used to have the most insane, like, uh, like um, illogical venue ever, Nick. Okay. So in South of San Jose, there's this little town called Los Gatos. It's like super bougie, hoity-toity rich people place, yes. right? So behind the high school there, they built a youth center. Mm. But the the building's a V, bro. By just that? Yeah, so like you so like you walked in on like one side of the V mm-hmm. and then you go down and there's the stage and then it V's out. So like literally the compa- the so crowd like always intersecting. Like, yeah, the crowd's basically in like half in like only in one room and then like the bottom half of the hallway where the V is, right? So and, then, and then but where the V meets, bro, there's a wall. So you mm-hmm. have to like walk around it and that's where like the pool table, there was a pool table and that's where we did all the merch, right? Mm-hmm. Well, right next to the stage, there's like a fucking like 10 foot by five foot window, just huge bay window, oh, no, no panels, no nothing. Oh, so no. we were, well, no, 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 no. Oh, first off, the window didn't break. So thank God. But, okay. So that, that's where I thought that was going. I was like, oh no, somebody sent somebody through that window. Yeah. Bottle. Well, well, so, okay. So I, you're familiar with Moria. I talk about them yes. on like every episode. They're a band I used to travel with. Taylor did another band for a while called Helm's Deep where it was basically just like breakdowns and all the songs were about all the sayings all the songs were about Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yes. And it, so it's just heavy breakdowns and pissed off songs about Lord of the Rings. So their first fucking show I booked them was with Legend of all bands. Oh and no. Taylor's Taylor's first song, literally first song of the set, he goes, "I want to see someone out get thrown through that fucking window and like immediately i was like oh fuck my oh, i left no, I, no, I literally no. i literally left i literally left i was like and i oh. and like my my business partner at the time was like you knew taylor was gonna say something stupid didn't you, you? because i saw you walk out the door and the owners were freaking the fuck out dude because they're like you could not have someone throw someone through a window on no. county high school property and i was like Yo, you gave us the okay to do the fucking show here, like not me. You know, you know what I mean. So like, you booked oh, a metal, you okayed a metalcore show here. So yeah. Um, hold on one second. No worries. Okay, not important. Sorry. Um, yeah, fucking. I always, I've gotten lucky that that's never really I happened. Love, I love chaos like that. Oh my god. 
Yeah, the, the, I got real lucky, Nick. The first like five years I was a promoter, we did shows at this little place called the Four Eighteen Project. It was called Project because it was a it was just a fucking room with a hardwood floor that they did dance shows in. Like they did dance recitals, like okay. Happy Dance, River Dance, all sort all sorts of interpretive dance, right? So I did shows there for years, man. The first three years, the one side of the building was a black curtain, and everyone always just assumed. And that's where I put the band's merch. Everyone just assumed the black curtain was there to absorb the sound. Do you want to know why the black curtain was there? Please tell me. The whole wall w- was mirrors. No. Yes. And I oh, kept, if they would have known about that. Exactly. Oh, I kept dude. that hidden. For that would have got bad. Yeah, I kept that hidden for three years. And then finally we had one show where we kind of set everything up different. And someone was moshing and somebody ducked and he punched the wall and the fucking glass just shattered. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, have these always been mirrors? And I was like, yes, that's the first time that's ever broken. And they were like, man, you did a really good job hiding that from us. <laughs> I know, but apparently not good enough three years in. I, finally I know, got right? I was like, oh, fuck me. It, it, it worked out fine. But I was just like, luckily, that's like the worst that's ever happened at a venue like that. I uh, Well, that I was in charge of. I've seen some crazy before, shit. Before we get back to like how I started like drumming for like Hounds and how I got into the signature, there was this... Uh, they, we used to have shows in the last couple of years at UAB in downtown, like at the okay. University of Alabama. Uh, they would yeah. let they would let us like use a classroom or like one of the upstairs meeting rooms in like the community center for shows. And there yeah. was one show where my friend Blake Ben Catabasis was playing, and right when their set started, uh, my friend Tyler was moshing and he jumped up and did this whole thing, like did the whole spread eagle thing, like towards the edge of the crowd, and he jumped a little bit too high. And went sailing straight into the glass like whiteboard. Oh no! Yeah, shattered it completely. So they had to stop the set. They had to let somebody know, and then they had to pick up and keep going where they left off. Oh man! So the whole thing. UAB luckily still let all of us have shows there for a little while up until quarantine shut everything down. But yeah. I'm really surprised that they just let us continue to do that. I mean, but, you know, uh, some some places get it, like you know. Because the way I, the way the University of Alabama kind of got it for a minute. Yeah. Well, I always explain it to people as like, yo, like, you know, it's called alternative music for a reason. And you're also giving these, I always, I always explain it to the adults in charge of places like that. Like, Hey, these are kids. They have a way to get their, their aggression out and, and show their appreciation show, you know, everyone processes shit differently. So why are you to judge? And you see, usually adults are like, yeah, you're right. We'd rather the kids like be here than like, smoking dope and being gangbangers or something like that which yeah. is such a shitty like all adults always go to that but you know yeah, that's it. kind of the go-to yeah so but I, I hate that it is i've heard that all my life and it kind of sucks is like i just want young kids coming up in this to just be themselves and to just figure it out at their own pace yeah oh yeah oh yeah if i didn't figure it out at my own pace like i wouldn't be in the same shirt I just kind of did whatever the fuck I wanted to. And I somehow wound up in the laps of the boys and, you know, yeah. some murder she wrote from that point. I love it. But, I love it. Well, how did, yeah. so, so you're in. Okay. So transitioning from high school into yeah. like, how, yeah. uh, that really bad band, so on and so forth, be, went on to become a different band, not as bad, but still pretty bad called In Shallow Waters. Uh, we were just, uh, uh, all I, like, were, I like that name. It sounds like a MySpace deathcore band. It definitely was. All we were were breakdowns. It was sick. So to be sick. honest, like it was really cool because all we did was just play breakdowns, and I just beat the shit out of my drum kit, and it was really fun. Um, 
we like I stopped doing that and then Blaith from Kazabas and I we had a really like I killed the prom queen inspired metalcore band called Everless for Ooh, a little I while. That. I love that. Dude, uh, honestly, it was so sick. Uh, Josh Hardiman, the new vocalist of Sentinels, was actually the vocalist of that band. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's weird how all of us kind of branched out and started doing more and more mm-hmm. stuff. Like, like yeah. filling in for Orthodox. Like, I'm in Distinguisher. Josh is in Sentinels. It's kind of cool to see how this all just kind yeah. of comes to fruition over the years. But um, uh, after that tour with Body Snatcher and Hounds, my first tour with Hounds, uh, we had like a couple shows with ever the less back home and Blake and I just had a discussion. It was like, yo, this band probably not going anywhere. Like we're having constant member changes. Like you and I are the only ones that are really on the same page. Everybody else kind of seems like to either not be on with the flow or just at odds. So it's like, we just get, we're just going to leave it where it is. And we had a good time. It just is what it is. So cool. That's yeah, when yeah. I just diverted all of my energy into hounds and shooting shows. And I was juggling both of that for a while. And like when I started shooting shows, dude, I was terrible. I really tried hard to copy Eric Easterday because he was one of the few photographers that I actually kept up with at the time. Yeah. Who I just saw all over the internet. I saw him on Instagram. I saw him on Twitter. I saw him on Facebook, this, that, and the third. And I was like, how does he get these cool shots? I want to do that. So I bought an external flash and a fisheye and I tried it. And that's kind of where I started with photography as far as shooting shows. I did shoot shows while I was in high school, but uh, they haven't seen the light of day because all the photos were just bad. I clearly didn't know how to use a camera. I was just kind of holding it up with like the on-camera flash and just, hi, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. So it, it's well, just- Yeah. And so, so when did you decide to let's go away from the music. Cause as I mentioned earlier, like you do videos, like I would say you've all, I feel like your work's always been good and like improved. And, but then like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, mm-hmm. but I feel like everything really took off for you when you did that Kublai Khan video in like, what was that? 2019. I didn't, I don't think I, I did an Orthodox video. Sorry. Uh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. No worries. Uh, I, I, I hope I, I hope I'm just forgetting that I did a Kubicon video. That no, no, I, I meant that Orthodox video. I'm so sorry. Uh, I think we we did that in on. I want to say, dude, I, you know what? I have technology right here. We can do this. I want to say we filmed that in August of 2018, though. Okay. That was kind of right after the whole Hounds thing happened. Okay. Um, we just kind of split ways because I was, um, I was always on tour with like born anew, like doing photos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they were at Which home. is how, that's actually how you and I met. Yeah. Like we met on tour with born anew. Yes. I can show you got there. When did this come out? Cause if I don't remember this, uh, it came out September 19th of 2019. So okay. we, we filmed it August of 2019, not 2018. Same difference. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like that's when people, other people outside of your direct friend group, started to notice your work. Yeah, because I've been doing like show, like show photography, like concert photography, and like show and tour recaps, especially for Born Anew and other other like smaller, to like mid level bands, like mm-hmm. starting towards like the middle of 2017, and that's how I kind of like cut my teeth was just like just shooting, literally going to any show that I could and shooting every single band. 
Yeah. Didn't matter how good or how great the photos were. Didn't matter if I liked the band or not. Didn't matter if like, you know, I had beef with anybody at the venue, which luckily wasn't the case the majority of the time. Yeah. But like, I would just go and I would shoot as many bands as possible. And the actual very first video I made for any band from any show was a really old recap that I made for Fame. And they didn't use it. It wasn't really good because I just started experimenting with video work, but that was kind yeah. of how I like put my foot in that door. My, I just kept going from there. And then, like you said, the, it, it, I definitely noticed that it started popping off more and more for music videos, especially after the Orthodox video. Yeah. And that's Perfect. like, ever since then, I've just found myself doing more music video work than photography work, which I'm, I'm not upset about, to be honest. I love shooting photography, like for bands and everything. Yeah. But it is like something special about creating like a large piece of content like that that means something. Even if people are going to forget it in like three to six months, it doesn't really matter. It's still going to be there for them. And it means what, something. When I looked, it's, it's good for your like, you know, a lot of people just try to say, oh, you know, music's music or this, that. But there is the whole like on paper business aspect of things. Mm-hmm. In which case, it's good for you to have that shit. You know? Yeah, it's like I, I like, I don't know. I, I definitely like. Personally, I feel like I've grown a lot, especially in the last couple of years. Like, I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be, but I'm a lot further off than where I started, and that's really good. And I personally, I love that for myself because I just want to keep getting better at it. Yeah, that's all I want to yeah. do, I, dude. And and you know, that's all that matters. Like, if you're able to have fun, like. That's how being a promoter is for me, man. Like I'm able to put on shows. I still love what I do after 16 years, which is really hard for people to say. And like, I'm able to pay my bills off of it, but it's not my primary source of income. So it's like a nice, it's like a nice balance, you know, like I know for you, it's a little bit more of a direct job, but you still love what you do, but it's nice to hear someone, um, in a way, like you're being humble about it. Like, you know, you're not where you're at. Like, you know, you still have growing to do like, yeah. that's hard for a lot of people in any business to admit, you know, I think, I think, I think the point where like any business, any kind of venture like this, like starts to stagnate and fall off is when you get to the point where it's like, yeah, my shit is the shit. So I don't have to try to get better anymore. No, that's absolutely not the case. Cause like, if you, if you don't, Stop! If you stop trying to actively get better, you audit you subconsciously cap yourself. You put a ceiling mm-hmm. over where you're able to get, and you can't you can't get out of that. You can't break through that yeah. ceiling because you've already capped yourself off. If you don't stop trying to learn new shit, you're always going to continue to grow, and you're going to get better. And each and everything you do, no matter how small or how big it is, it's just going to continue to see that upward climb. And that's what I try to. That's what I try to keep at the forefront of my head, no matter what project I have at the time. Yeah. Which is, I love that. I love that answer. I really do. Thank you. Uh, well, that's, that's tight. So like what, you know, how did you just kind of, it was just something you did for fun and then you plot like doing videos is your passion all of a sudden or like, like was, I, there, I, I, was there like a specific moment where you were like, yo, like I, I want to do this. Like, I think the, my very first tour with distinguisher actually, uh, was February Flex in 2018. I remember that. I remember that. Oh, sorry. That, that show was Pet Flex, baby. What's up? Dude, that, that tour was so sick. Like, that's one of the first tours that I remember, like, actually coming back home with money from, like, shooting bands on the road. Like, yeah. 
that's that's the first store I came at positive instead of breaking even. Because we had all three bands pay you, right? That's yeah, why? our uh, D team they had at the time, and then uh, and he was doing most of their work. I was just shooting uh, distinguisher like a couple extra nights, just you know, that, so they had like a little bit extra content. And whenever I was feeling froggy, I would like break out my camera for their set. But I didn't want to step on his toes because he was yeah. their high photographer. Um, I shot for Castaway a good portion of that tour. And I was shooting for Born and New every night. And yes. I would try to hit up all the local and regional bands on that tour. But hey, you know, I'm I'm on this tour package. We're coming through your city. Like I see that you're playing the show. I'll do I'll shoot you, I'll shoot your whole set for like 30 bucks. Whatever. Just like 30 bucks in cash. I'll shoot your set. You'll have the photos the next day. You yeah. Know, just something. And it wasn't like a big chunk of change that I came home with, but it was still more than I would have made just sitting on my ass at home. I definitely like. I came out positive instead of just breaking, going negative. And I was like, "This is sick! Like, this is really fun." Like, I genuinely, I just enjoyed creating that kind of content on that consistent basis. Yeah. And because of that, I started making more like tour recap videos, and like I did a ton of those for Born and New. I'm sure you remember like all the different videos that I was always making and posting like of them. Like mm-hmm. on like every tour that I did for them, that just kind of grew and matured into wanting to put my foot in the door for music videos. And I shot the first music video I ever shot. Again, was like there's a really big theme here of the first thing I make just being absolutely dog shit awful. But <laughs> it, was, uh, it was for um, my friend Jesse Clark, and they had a little like indie like dream pop project going and I shot a music video for them. Uh and it it was cool. You know, it is what it is. They had uh, a feature from like one of our like local rapper friends, uh YB from out here. Uh his name's yeah, Young Glow. Yeah. Uh he featured on that song. The music video was just it was simply fun just for the sake of being fun because we had just a bunch of our friends just hanging out in it the whole time. It was really sick. Uh that like that video was just fun to make, despite whether or not it was like good or whatever. And that just kind of like took off from there. I've done like a couple of different like rap music videos, like in and around Birmingham. Uh, I did one for this rapper from right here called Water Junior for his song called Leak back in like 2018, like towards the end of that year, or I think the very beginning of 2019 is when it came out. But we shot it a couple months beforehand at the end of 2018, um, and then all of 20, 2019. I was kind of like back and forth to um, Vegas a lot with Distinguisher. So I couldn't really do as many music videos. I still did some, yeah. but yeah. I noticed that whole market for myself picking up, especially within the last like year and a half. Um, I did the world of black music video and for uh, born anew. And then a couple of weeks before that, I shot this video for this band called Rottenest out of Tennessee called Whirl, And that was that was super fun. I really need to get up with them because they have said something about wanting to do another music video for me. I've just been constantly on the go since this year started. So it's which just is, like, which is good. Just, it's great. It's just, I feel like my feet are getting away from me at some point. You know what I mean? But I shot their music video. I shot the world of black music video and then it's just everything like kept going up from there. And like, I have seen a huge, like, 
ever since the Orthodox video came out, like I have noticed a big uptick of people wanting music videos. So like, can't deny it. that that one was really sick. It kind of did something. Well, not as far as band. The video, that was the one that was like, okay, like I can make this work. Well, and that's well, a really that's cool, a really band, cool band, band to get the opportunity for. for. Love that band. They uh, because like I think the the prior December I shot one of their shows at the end in Nashville, and I made like the uh this love that like, room. this live. I first of all I love Nashville hardcore, and I love the end. Like I've never felt it's very rare that I feel completely at home and at peace in another scene that's not like Alabama or Vegas, but Nashville really just does something for me. What's the, uh, the, the little place that a lot of the shows used to go to there? Uh, they're like the, the tiny, tiny one. Uh, I think, I think we're talking about the end. There was exit in right across the street. So I am thinking about the end. It's the, the porn shops like right next to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been there. I, I was on tour there in 2000. I think it was eight with fucking Acacia Strain and Allstar Parish. Yes. And that, fucking four. and that fucking little ass room. Dude, since the flood was on that, Nick. Oh, dude. When when Nate Johnson was singing for them, that tour was so much fun, man. I don't remember most of it because between Nick, uh, between sorry, between Nate Johnson and fucking then I knew all the all the Allstar Parish and Acacia Strain dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was Nate, Nate Johnson. Used to drink a lot. He used to drink a lot, Dude, and, I I used, and I used to drink a lot. So I'm just gonna leave that story. We're just, we're just gonna leave that one there. Like, yeah, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna say that. That's fair. That, but, video, like, that room is it's so sick. I've seen some of the craziest sets of my life in that room. I still oh, remember this I, one. I am Varials Kuba Contour that came through there at at the end. Oh, like holy. Holy shit! I like my friend Zach. Uh, I haven't seen him in like a, a while. He used to sing. I think he might still sing for that band from Nashville, Thirty Nights of Violence. Okay. Um, I saw him like front flip, like off the little the, the steel um, railing on the side mm-hmm. of the stage. And his boots, boom, right on top of this kid's head, and he just starts like kicking, just like is laying on his back on the stage, just kicking people. But that and actually. I, I will say. I was like, oh my God, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody got hurt in that show. Fun fact. I will I say, say. Oh, man, why is my. Hold on, hold on. My shit keeps echoing. There we go. There we go. I fixed it. Um, I will say that venue is the first place outside of the West Coast I actually saw someone headwalk. But because of yeah. how small that room is, it's fucking terrifying, dude. It's it's so it's so terrifying. Like I, there have been several moments where I've been like, I'm gonna get rocked in the fucking mouth, or my camera is just gonna get shattered. And I have had moments where my camera has been kicked out of my hand, like across the stage of that venue. <sighs> it good thing it was my old one. Fair, fair. Oh man, but uh, no people people will headwalk. They will just do the most at that venue because they can and it's so sick that i really just think national hardcore doesn't give a fuck and i love it i love it dude i love it it's so cool and like all of the friends that i've made up in and around nashville have been like they're some of the sweetest people i've ever met in my life love them 
So yeah, I think Orthodox, like initially, because I, I, I'd known them for a really long time uh, since prior to their split with Breaking Wheel, which I don't even think you can find on like Spotify or streaming shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've like, I've been seeing them like at shows and shit since I was like coming up, like fresh out of high school and shit. And then after that show, uh, a couple months later, um, Adam was like reaching out to me. He's like, keeping in contact. He's like, yo, like, would you be down to potentially like do a music video for us? Like in a little while, like for one of our new, for like one or two of our new songs. And then that's when me and my friend Cam, who's pretty much Orthodox's designated photographer for touring. We went and shot the music videos for, I can show you God and let it take its course. Yeah. So that's, so that's kind of how that came to fruition. That's so rad. Well, fucking, oh, damn, we've been chatting for a minute, Nick. I, I yeah, just looked at the time. I think we kind of got off the initial like music topic once we started the whole like photography and video thing. Yeah. Like I said, if you get me going, I'll keep talking. I, I promise. Know, I know. Well, let's let's uh, let's uh, you know, part of the reason I like to do the show is I like to be a little informative as mm-hmm. well on the channel. So like. What do you, what's a piece of advice you can give to somebody that's trying to break out to be a photographer or like a videographer or a filmmaker, or whatever the term I forget? I, I never know. You know, some people like to refer to themselves as a certain way, you know what I mean? Um, like, what's 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 some advice you could give to somebody looking to like get into concert photography or you know, mu- making music videos for bands? Uh, don't stress too much if you don't have all like the high-end name brand gear. Just pay attention to how you structure everything, how you compose your shots, how you, especially how you light everything. Like you can, you can film a, a sick fucking music video on a $500 camera and it will look great as long as you light it correctly. If you, if you can get your lighting down to a science, if you can get your composition down to a science, the gear won't matter. Granted, yeah. it will help because it'll give you more capabilities to film in different ways. Yes. Like obviously, if you're shooting on like a Canon T3i, you can't film in like 120 frames per second 4K. That's just not possible. But you can you can film a really clean video that you'll be really proud of looking back on down the road if you just pay attention to like the key like fundamentals. And that's what I wish I would have paid more attention to coming up. Because I just wanted to do the same shit that all the big names were doing, but I didn't know how they were doing it. So I kind of had to like poke around and figure it out the hard way. I didn't have anybody to teach me like what lighting was or like how to properly compose a shot or, you know, what metering was on a camera. I had, I had no idea what any of that shit was. Well, see, and that's, that's one of the reasons I love doing this show. Like I've had a whole bunch, like I've had managers, I've had, Dude, I mean, I've had Darius from Spite, and we've had Adrian from After the Burial, and Nick from Maltov on the show. You know, Steve, the, the old and new singers from Within the Ruins. So, like, we've had a myriad of people in a myriad of size of bands. Yeah. You know, and I feel like the shitty part is, is, like, if you try to, like, do research as to, like, how to make something happen in the music industry, all the advice is from fucking 20 years ago when you yeah. can just roll up to the Whiskey A Go-Go. And, and just like so, ask any Tom, Dick, and Harry, and they'll tell you whatever's well, on the top of their head. Well, that, but it was also so much easier to get. Like, I cannot remember this sentence about to come out of my mouth. It was your chances of getting discovered before MySpace, I think, were actually higher. Yeah. Than they are now because you had the hubs. Like, you know, you yeah. had the, you had, you know, basically like at the Atlanta, Atlanta, like the boardwalk, 
empire, not to sound yeah. cheesy, you know, and then you had Jersey, New York scene, then you had Chicago, and then you had LA, you know, yeah. and then like Pacific Northwest and each area had their promoters and their label people. And they all hung out at the same motherfucking places. So you knew as a band to they try to get all the, all the same places at the same time. That's my point. So you knew you as a band, like, okay, all night. I need to do, all I need to do is get a show here and I can get discovered. Boom. Easy. Yeah, it just takes you know? one good night at a specific place. And it was like not a done deal, but your foot was already in that door heavily. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not that easy anymore. You know no, what I mean? So, so one of the reasons that, feels like there's a bigger sense of the grind nowadays. Yeah. Well, the grind and it's everything is all about teams and, and handholding and fucking, yeah. you know, like, um, just who's, who's kissing who and yeah, who's, like, who's holding, who's in bed with who. And it's like, it should just be about the music and finding like, I love, like, you know, like, yes, that's the whole reason I started working with distinguisher. And exactly. that, like, like those years ago before you were even in the band, like, cause that band was amazing. And they fucking were like, yo, we've had a shit run of managers, all this stuff. They showed me their music. I saw them live and I was like, yo, you guys have good worth ethic. You're like, you might not be the best band on the face of the fucking planet. Like you're not architects, yeah. but who the fuck is architects? You know what I, you know what I mean? Like architects is like a one in a million band. Exactly. Like. So, but, but still great dudes, great music. Like let's, Let's try to make it, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like a lot of people lack the mentality I have, like, and I don't like to talk about myself too mm -hmm. much on the, on my own show, but like, you know, so like that mentality plus like, that's why I love doing this show. Like, I hope somebody watches this and like get something from it you. Something that, away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and at the same time, like we're having a fun ass engaging conversation. And so it's like, I'm so glad you agreed to do the show. I know I've been bugging your ass about it for a minute now. No, this, this is great. <laughs> I'm so glad I did it. Like, Every like the last couple of weeks have just been hectic as fuck. Yeah, no, I get it. And then and then so like let me hit you with one more question. Like for a band that's trying to make the jump from like, oh, we're doing everything DIY to like maybe looking for a team or trying to do a full US tour, even if they have to set it up without a team, like what you know, a lot of bands either assume it's easy or they bite off more than they can chew right away. Like what would, what would a piece of advice from you to a band trying to like make the next step to start furthering their career be? Um, really at the, your very first step should be a really hard, no frills, just bare bones, like as blunt as you can get it analysis of who you are, and where you currently sit, especially within your own area, because you won't you won't be able to tour until you have a cemented base. Like you have to you have to figure out who you are as a band. You have to figure out what what audience you're trying to hit, and then you kind of just have to like go from there. Like kind of like put yourselves in these situations where you're making those connections with people who are similar to you, or put yourself in situations where you know you like, you might not be as similar stylistically but you gel well as people because I think mixed genre bills are really sick and they put you in more ears than sometimes, you know, like same genre bills will. I, I am a hundred percent in agreement with that. And as like, a young band, don't be afraid to play mixed genre bills too. Like mixed genre bills are so, so sick. And I want more of that when everything is like, I know shows are starting to come back and they're happening, but when everything is in full swing again, I personally want to see more mixed genre shows. Because, like, I love sitting through five, six heavy bands, but if I have to sit through two bands and then, like, a softer band and then, like, an independent artist and then another heavy band, 
that just like it expands the amount that I'm taking in at that one night. And there's something for everybody there. Yeah. Yeah. The company, the company I, I run out here, Pinup, you know, like we, yeah. we, so the old co founder, Andrew, he used to do this thing that was a battle of the bands. Now, I hate, I hate that. I hate battle of the bands because I feel like the judging and how you I win. Like so many of those, I fucking yeah. The judging and how you win, it doesn't matter how how heartfelt or how pure you're trying to make the experience. You're always pissing someone off or breaking someone's heart. Always. And I hate doing that to, to, to bands and kids or even fucking grown-ass men, you know? Yeah. So, but the one thing that doesn't was... doesn't matter nice, how old you are. It still just sucks having exactly. that happen. Exactly. So, the, but the one thing I liked about it is like, so the, the, the prelim shows were like that. Like we would have like two deathcore bands two like emo bands and then like two punk bands or like, yeah. you know, the, the mixed genre bills were so different. And then like, you know, next thing I know I'm seeing, you know, you're familiar with demon and me. Like I'm seeing yeah. the singer of demon and me wearing an eighth year shirt during his set. Like, yeah. because we, we set up, we found this really intriguing way to do the voting where you got two votes. So you got mm -hmm. one vote on your card that you turned in, you got a vote and then you got a secondary vote. Because yeah. that way, in case the person you voted for won didn't make it, your vote still counted somewhere. We yeah. thought we thought it was a cool idea at the time. Right. So, so, like, so like all your your voice still matters, even if the person that you picked doesn't win. Exactly. So, but the 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 really cool byproduct we saw of that was like the metal kids and the fucking indie kids and the pop punk kids and the alt rock kids and the fucking punk kids. All the bands were forced to interact, and then their fans were like. Oh, there's, that's still a cool group of dudes or girls or whatever. Yeah. Even though they don't listen to the same music we do, and like, I, even though I hated those motherfucking battle of the bands, that was the strongest the scene ever was for me because everybody yeah. supported each other because they were like, "Oh, yo, you don't like metal, but I like you, so we can yeah. be friends. We can support each other. Fuck it, who cares? You know." Yeah, and so I think that's how it should be, to be honest. Like, and, and, whole, like genre elitism, like kind of like, like it's never made a lot of sense to me because like some of my best friends don't listen to my fucking band at all. Couldn't care less for fucking metal music. Well, dude, but, like, like I said like, before, I, yeah, before we started this show, like I told you, like I, I've had so many people I consider good friends on, on my YouTube channel. And most of them have never watched a single episode of the show. I don't fucking yeah. care. Like, Especially anybody that knows me well, you hear me talk all the motherfucking time, anyways. So why why are you gonna go to a YouTube channel and hear me motherfucking talk some more? You know, I get it, dude. I ain't stupid. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not offended by it neither. You know. No. So so, yeah. I, I mean, you and I we're on the same page. We're on the same page. But, it's just oh. like that kind of that kind of like cross genre like like representation, like seeing like an indie ska band where like a a stupid deathcore t-shirt or like seeing a really hype deathcore band wear like a pop punk t-shirt. Like mm -hmm. it, that shit kind of does more than you think it will. Like, well, it, well and, and I love, so I found out right under my nose, it's still happening and I didn't know it. So I just worked a show on Sunday. I don't know if you saw my pictures. Mm -hmm. I worked a show for tribal seeds and Pacific mm -hmm. roots to yeah. reggae, to reggae ska bands. I bet that was sick. It I was, saw the photos. That it was sick. It was very sick. The venues outdoors in like the redwoods up in the mountains, gorgeous ass setting, bro. Um, and it's weird. They set up this whole thing. Like, have you heard of the pod system? Do you know what that is? I think so, yeah. So, like basically, like, so like, you know, here's the stage. 
here's the first row of pods. Mm-hmm. And you can the pods you can only buy tickets in groups in in two or six. Okay. And then every pod is is divided from the next pod, and then there's six feet of space in the aisle, and then another row of pods. Okay. So on two sides of you, you're six feet away from the next pod, and on your left or right, you know they have their operating clearance, and you have yours. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to do at this place I'm working now, we're able to do 700 tickets. Still broken nice. down, still broken down like that. You know what I mean? But long, yeah. So long story short, I'm sitting there, I'm working. Um, Justin, who you may or may not have met, he works with me at Pinup. Him, yeah. him and I are both working out there for the summer and shit. And um, we fucking he's talking to me after the show, and he's like, Oh, I talked to some of those dudes in Pacific Roots, they're from our area, they were the opener for tribal seeds, and like he's like, Yo, they bought tickets to turnstile, and I was like what? Because like, we just announced that turnstile show that sold out in like a day. You know what I mean? And they were like, yeah, they grew up going to the punk shows at the Vets Hall. Now that the Vets Hall's back, two of them love turnstile and they wanted to support so they bought tickets. So I was That's like, so I was like, that why didn't that? turnstile song is good, by the way. Yes, it is. It's fucking a banger. And so, well, I looked at him and I go like, you know, I I understand the industry and I understand also the struggle being in a band is. You yeah. know, so usually like in that situation, I would have been like, dog, if they just hit me up, I would have just let them in. And he goes, no, I told them that. And they said, no, we wanted to support the scene because we're supporting live music, period. And it doesn't matter the type of music. And I was like, man, why the fuck can't more people have that? Like, you know, these guys are a motherfucking reggae band buying tickets to a punk hardcore show and saying everybody should just support each other because we're all from the same area oh code. Like, where did, where did that go? Where did that go in the scene, you know? I, I wish more people were like that. I had a friend of mine hit me up and vent to me the other day because they were like, I'm getting offers for, like, shows and shit in my inbox, and I just had, like, two people from around my town hit me up and be like, hey, can you put me on guest list? No, fucker. First of all, the shows are seven months out. You can get fucked. Two, like, if you don't have for a ticket after like a year and a half of not going to a show like why for all oh, the dude yeah. i don't blame them for getting heated because i kind of got heated for them is like my personally speaking like all of my income like all of my like drive to do anything all like everything kind of just got swept out from under me same shit completely the same yeah. i'm sure it's the same for you too yeah. like yeah. everything stopped like it literally was like time put a standstill to the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt like at more of a loss as like who I was as a person. Cause I was like, everything that I've been working for since I was like 16, 17 is just gone in a night. And I don't know what to do anymore. So this whole last year is just like, I've been like struggling. We've all been struggling, biding our time, waiting for that moment that we can just get back to our sense of normalcy again. And then just to have people be like, Oh yeah, I know these shows are still months out, but can I get guest lists for them? I was like, no, dude, just buy a ticket, just come hang out, just come support. Yeah, just like just be there for the moment. Stop trying to get guest passes or guest lists just for the clout. Oh my yeah, god, exactly. That that term clout has really destroyed a lot of what we do. It really has, and like every like everybody wants it. Everybody wants the social status. They want the clout. They want all the nice bells and whistles that comes with that kind of shit. Yeah, but. I don't know. Like me personally is like, I like, I want to see distinguisher be as big as we can be. 
I I would love to see us be one of the biggest bands in the world at one point, but I know that that's going to take us a while to fucking get there. And it's going to take a lot of hard work, but yeah. I want to get there because of the merits of hard work, not because like you like you said, there's somebody in bed with somebody else kissing ass and getting us where we need to be. No, I want to put in the hard work. I want to make it happen. Yeah, and when I you do, and when you do it, like that's what I still respect about the music industry is like. To an extent, there's still people that will actually see that hard work and acknowledge it. You know, yes. There's not as many as there used to be, but they they still exist, and that's what's that's why I still have I still you know not to sound cheesy, but I still have faith in shit. Yes, like it, it, it's definitely like a bit more few and far between as opposed to how it used to be, because now everybody knows everybody with the internet. Yeah. It's it's easy to say like, oh, we can we can make this 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 and this happen, but yeah. no, I just like. I want to, if it's going to happen, like I want it to happen for us so bad, but if it's going to happen, I want it to be because we put in the work to get there. Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's how I view it. It's like, I, I want to be able to sleep soundly at night knowing that I put in the effort to get there. Yeah. And, and you guys will like, I know, I, I, I know, I, you, so. I know, I know you, I know you dudes will, you know what I mean? So, um, well anyways, okay. We've been rambling on. I try to not make the show too much longer than this. So it's it's question time, Nick. It's All right, cool. you never watched the show, so you don't know what I'm about to fucking ask you. So I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Let's get the real simple one out of the way. What's your favorite color? Uh, red. Perfect. Sick. Love it. Love it. Okay. Next question. Food. Oh, what is okay? So what's your favorite food? Period. And then what is your favorite? Anything wrapped in a tortilla. Okay, fair. Now, what's your favorite food that you cannot get at home? Like, what's your favorite place to eat on tour, basically, is what I'm trying to ask you. Ooh, um, you can give me more than one if it's hard to decide. Okay, uh, I can't get in and out here because, you know, I live in Alabama currently. Uh, they don't exist. I can get cookout, though. They do have a cookout 25 minutes from me now. So Ooh. you best believe your boy's been there several times. I love that. I love that. But no, I can't get in and out where I am. So I go to fucking in and out whenever I'm on the West Coast as often as I can. I feel like a fat fuck every time, but I don't care. Sit don't down. Like I can never, like, I can't find any good Korean barbecue spots around me. So I always try to go get Korean barbecue with the boys when I'm in Vegas. That makes sense. I've, I've, that's that's my dominant food group right now is like Korean barbecue or like uh, in California, you know, they're they're very try to be ahead of the curve. So everything is just called like Pacific Pacific fusion food. That's what they yeah. call it. Like it's like a mix of Korean barbecue, Hawaiian food, Samoan food, like Thai, like a little bit of Thai and Vietnamese stuff. I've been exposed in, like, to Hawaiian food a little bit more recently. And I got to say that shit goes in. It's sick. Dude, Hawaiian food is if I had to choose something that wasn't a specific meal, like just like, hey, if I had to choose one type of food to eat till I died, it would be Hawaiian food. Yeah, that's, I was on that's a podcast last night, Mine and they literally not. were like, they literally were like, "What's your favorite thing to eat?" Not you know, you know, not a, here. Like if you had to be stuck somewhere with a dish forever, and I was like, "Bro, stick me, abandon me on the island of Hawaii, and let me just eat loco moco all day every day." Do you know what loco yeah. moco is? Have you had that yet? No, I haven't. No, bro. No, I've had some Masubi, but I haven't had Loco Moco. First off, Loco Moco is the, without a doubt, and you've seen me party, without yes. a doubt, the best hangover food in the in the world. Yeah, I've seen you party, so that's a lot. 
So okay, so bed of it's a a bed of rice, and then it's grilled Hawaiian beef in a patty. It's like a hamburger patty, but it's like you know it's supposed to be like the good you know the grass fed beef. You put that over white you know steamed Hawaiian white rice. Then you put yeah. Then you put a a fucking uh, a sunny side up egg on the top, and then you cover it. And then usually people put uh, cheese between the patty and the egg, mm-hmm. and then you cover it in fucking gravy, Nick. Uh, <laughs> now you're talking dirty to me, dude. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. It's like I love it. My fucking thing, dude. It is my fucking thing. Um. Anyways, okay, okay. So I love that Korean barbecue. Okay, so we got that out of the question. Um, mm-hmm. this is the this is the you know I don't have a lot of East Coasters on the show. So okay. this, this is the usually the heated issue when we get East Coasters on the show. All right. Okay. Okay. Are you team sheets or team Wawa? Dude, I feel like Born New is going to crucify me if I answer this wrong. That's um, all right. That's all right. P- Pender, Pender, turn, turn, turn it off if you're watching. Yeah, like uh, especially Toast because he's going to try and fucking flame me forever. Oh, of course he always does, bro. He always does. I kind of like. Mm. I'm gonna have to say Wawa. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have fine. to say Wawa. Uh, so I'm a Sheets person. That's and, fair. And they're both really good. They're did Born New ever tell you the joke of when I told them they were fired? Uh. Uh-uh. They told me one day that they would rather eat Denny's than Sheets, and I literally uh-huh. said, "You're you're fired. You're off the fucking roster. I don't manage you anymore." Oh my fucking god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Yo, Denny's be hitting though sometimes. I'm not yo, gonna yo, lie. yo, okay. Like there's sometimes like some of the things there are fucking good. For example, I'll the give skillets? you skillets. Great. Skillets are good. I'll give you a little little as a fat man, we have life hacks. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you uh, skinny I don't know if you skinny folk know that. You know what I mean? Come on. Come on. So I grew up in the South. Okay, fair, fair, fair. You go to Denny's and you get the zesty nachos and you mm-hmm. ask them to replace the fry the the chips with seasoned fries. Woo! Dude, a lot of people don't realize that zesty loaded fries. Yes. Another, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one for free because I know you're my boy and you love Waffle House as much as I do. Yes, sir. So some my Waffle House is a Waffle Home. Oh fuck, I love you. I, I'd kiss <laughs> you right now if you were in the room with me. Um, Waffle House. Sometimes you can get a real big sweetheart as as your mm. waitress. Some I've only had this happen to me twice, Nick. They volunteered. They 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 grilled the, the bacon, and they diced it up and put it in the waffle for me. Yo, you you gotta have you, you gotta have one of those waitresses that is have either having a great fucking day or doesn't give a fuck to do that for you. Well, so like you know, and I, so I understand that it can be you know sexist and it's very assumative to call everybody like sweetie, darling, all that stuff. I get that. Okay. Yeah. But. To me, I just call that Southern hospitality. Like, that's the way I was raised. I call everybody, like, you know, like, thanks. Like, if it's a dude, it's always, like, thanks, bro, or thanks, dude. And yeah. if it's a girl, like, I always say, like, thanks, hon, thanks, darling. Th- what, you know, and I know that it's it bothers some people. So I've, I've definitely, like, reeled it back in the recent years. Yeah. But when I'm on tour or I'm traveling and I go into a Waffle House, I know I can call that waitress sweetie, and she's going to smile and thank me for being polite. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like, they're so used to dealing with just, like, 
the dregs of like <laughs> yes. society. I love the I love that you use that fucking adjective, bro. I love it, dude. Like, like straight up, like I got in a fight with my younger brother in a Waffle House one time. Like I was that person in a Waffle yeah. House. I can't lie. So like I get that they deal with a lot of shit. Oh yeah. I've also seen two line cooks just beat the fuck out of each other before. That's an experience I'll never forget. That's insane. That's insane. nuts. Okay. Well word. Okay. So so I asked you that. I asked you we did color, we did food, we did gas station. Um uh now is the part where I get to inform you of the bad news that your answer is wrong. Because that's actually a trick question, and that's why I asked you if you'd watched the show ever. Mm. Because the correct answer is Bucky's. Yo, fun fact, they opened one 45 miles from my house. Oh, they finally made their way that far? Yep. That far east? There, there's one like 40, 45 miles from my house, and then there's one in South Alabama, like I think coming around uh, the Daphne Mobile area. Dude, respect the buck, dude. That's all I have to say, dude. You have to respect the buck. Dude, I love, fucking love, love that place. Everybody that watches the show that's probably never traveled to that part of the country is probably like, what the fuck what, is Bucky? Like, what is a Bucky? It's like, yeah. you, have, you have to experience it, please. Exactly, exactly. You it's just like, it's like walking into Christmas Wonderland every day of the year. That's a, I'm going to remember that description. That's real fucking good. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're, you're, you're not wrong. That's why I'm saying I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. Um. Okay. That was basically all the important questions. So I think we're really just down to my uh, my last one. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one. Just a yeah. fair, fair question because you have to think about it. Fair. Okay. So part of the reason I started the show is one day I had a conversation with a friend and I'm so like involved. You know, I, I'm self-employed. You're self-employed. You get it. Yeah. It's so yeah. hard to not be over, like – I don't consider it overly absorbed with what we do because it's our, it's our way of life, mm-hmm. our way of income and living. But somebody was like, sometimes I can't tell when pinup Joel ends and regular Joel starts. Yeah. So that's literally the whole reason I started this show. So people can get to know me, why I do business certain ways, why I say certain things, you know, shit like that. So you being in a band, you being a content creator, a social media person, um, I'm not going to call you an influencer. Cause I think that term is rude. Yeah. Um, you know, I know sometimes it's hard to get away from what you're used to people seeing of you. So what is like a characteristic or a hobby or a quality of you that you have that you personally wish more people saw or knew about? Um, and it can be something simple. Like mine is reading. I wish people knew that like, I lo- like this bookshelf behind me, I've read every book on it, most of them twice. Like I love to read. It's just a lot of people only see me talk about video games and fucking partying and wrestling. So they dude, assume I'm- uh, I like you, like, dude, I love to read too. Like my favorite genre is anything sci-fi or fantasy related. Love you it. put something like that in front of me, like a 350, 450 page book, you won't hear a word from me until it's done. Like, I love it. I love just being able to wrap myself up in a completely fictional universe, but still be able to feel like I'm a part of it. Yes. It's, it's so sick. I love just being lost in like a literary universe. And I love that because like a lot of people are going to shrug that off as like, Oh, you're a nerd or you're a geek, but it's like, no, like there's something who cares. First of all, well, first, yeah. First off, who fucking cares? Second off, like, 
dude, some of these writers are so powerful that they literally make you feel like you're living somewhere else. And like, that's, that's I've wanted to write a book. I've wanted to write a novel as literally since I was like 19 years old. Like, I like, I've always wanted to be able to say that I wrote a book and it's out and it's tangible and it's real. Dude, I love that, man. Like, you know, and you should. Don't let anybody tell you no. Fuck, fuck people. You know what I mean? But, I got really discouraged because, like, I had like half of a binder like written out, like just like tentative notes on like how I wanted this story to like progress and go. And I was like starting on like the first like handful of chapters, and then during spring cleaning, when I was like a like an early teenager, I think it just got thrown away with a bunch of this extra shit. Yeah, that we like on the house, and I was so like I was distraught, dude. Cause I had like, I had spent like a year and a half just like working on this big ass binder full of just uh, like shit for this like little like novella I wanted to write. Yeah. And it just disappeared. And I was so, I was so sad, like fucking heartbroken. Oh, so I'm like, sorry. I know what you I, mean now. It, it's like, it's okay. Cause I channeled that like writing into like writing lyrics. So that's kind that. of where my outlet is for like writing and stuff. But I What's do like, like I, I, I love to write and I love to read. So I want to make like, not a lot of people know that because he was just like, Oh, he yells and he has a camera. No. Yes. I got There's a brain in this big head somewhere. You just got to find it. What's, what's your favorite? Let's get real nerdy for a second. Let's put on our glasses, you know, push them up, you know? Um, what is your favorite like fantasy world or like book series that you've ever read or like, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but like, what's one that you, you enjoyed a lot? That's a good one. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, rank a few of them. Uh, number one, arguably, is the entire Star Wars universe. Everything from the movies to the video games to the novels, all the way into the expanded universe like stuff that is technically not canon or doesn't exist anymore. Which is so I stupid. Have, I have so many like New Republic novels from that era of like the nineties and early two thousands, it's not even, I have a, like, I can make a whole bookshelf out of it at this point. Do you want, do you want, you know, you're the only person that's ever act, actively talked to me about this stuff. Do you want to know who my favorite star Wars character is of all time? Because of the book series. Please tell me, please tell me, please tell me. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. Let's go. Dude, that's so three, that three book series about him when he comes back from the unknown region yes. and he has like a whole legion of the empire army, like a, a literal legion. It's yeah. insane. Dude, I was like, fuck. Like, uh, I believe that series, a couple of those series were written by Timothy Zahn. Mm-hmm. I think Timothy that was Zahn off. is an incredible author. I love yeah. Him. Yeah. So, like, dude, he also wrote a bunch of like the Yuzhan Vong arc with that, that alien race from outside the edge of the galaxy. So funny story. I stopped reading the expanded universe because of that series. And do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Why? When he fucking killed Chewbacca, I stopped reading. Oh, yo, like I was reading that. I remember being like in high school when I was reading that. And like, you see from across the room, one tiny little tear just trickled down my face. Cause I got to the part where Chewie died and I was like, I have to put this down. Dude. Like, and I, I mean, okay, to be fair for those, How of bad you, ass is it that you get killed by a fucking moon though. I was going to say, to be fair, those of you watching or listening, you, he gets crushed by a fucking moon allowing Han and, and some survivors to escape. It was, Still, on, uh, I think 
two of his kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, coincidentally, he named one of his kids Anakin. It was yes. Han, Anakin, and then a couple others yeah. uh, that escaped while Chewie just like literally met the moon face first. Yeah, dude, insane. insane. Dude, I'm glad you've read all that stuff too. I it's, love those, dude. My favorite of all those canon series is the Rogue, uh, the Rogue Squadron series. Yes. Books. Yes. And I'm actually excited because in uh whatever i forget what they're what it's un- it's i think it's untitled right now but they're doing the next star wars movie is called rogue squadron i can't wait dude and it's patty jenkins is doing it who did wonder both wonder woman movies it's going to which even if you didn't like the second wonder woman movie those movies look amazing so she's going to do a, a good job yeah. and her daddy was a fighter pilot so she grew yeah. up so it's like she already has the background and everything so i i think it's a good frame of reference but Wedge Wedge Antilles is going to be one of the main characters in that, Love and in that. the and in the books, like he is like the he's like the opposite of Luke, but they both believe in the same thing. So like yep. that, like I love it. I just I fucking love Their it. Their whole so, dynamic is so cool. I love I love like Luke and Wedge's dynamic working together. Like yes, because at both like at two separate points, they both been commander of Rogue Squadron. And exactly. There's a huge difference in between their individual styles of command, but they both get the job done and they're both fighting for the same thing. And it's so sick to see how it all fleshes out. Dude, exactly. Fuck man. I um, love you. I'm so glad we I'm so glad we talked about that. Dude, me too. I could we could have a separate call about this. It just goes all it's all hours of the day and night because I can talk about this shit until the cows come home. That's the most southern thing I've ever said. You can quote me on it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> But another one of my favorite fictional universes uh, that I got absorbed in when I was growing up was the Artemis Fowl universe. Like that whole book series is about this kid from Ireland who is a, a literal super genius. And he takes that genius and becomes a like a crime overlord, oh, a crime cool. boss. And he learns that like fairies and gnomes and dwarves and centaurs and the fae are like real and they live underneath the crust of the earth in like technologically advanced, like super cities. And there's a whole book series on how he navigates that and being like a, un, like an underground crime boss at the age of like 13. I need to check that out. It's super sick. They made, they write, they made a movie adaptation of the first one a couple years ago for Disney. And I think it flops because it was just not good, yeah, but yeah. The, the books, they're great. Love them. 10 out of 10. Yeah, see, my my other series other than Star Wars, like I, I'm obviously like a huge Lord of the Rings nut, mm-hmm. like, and I've read the Silmarillion, The Hobbit. I own copies of all the everything. But besides that, that that's a pretty standard answer. I love the Ender's Game books. Ooh. That whole yes. universe. Have you read them all? Uh, I don't think I haven't read them all. So I read like the first yeah, like year. yeah. There's I, I've I you know I think that they've come out with books four and five and i know i've read one two and three and i think i might have read four but like man i had to buy a second copy of ender's game i read that book so much as a kid like i read it over and over and over and over so i have to check that out because i haven't put much like i haven't done much research into that another once you get get to like the second and third book it's not Mm -hmm. just about him it's also about like the other characters and you see why the world is the way there is why they're fighting the bugs all of it and then then it's like it makes Ender's Game make way more sense when you see I'm, the auxiliary. I'm such a sucker for good world building. I love that. If you if you can craft a fictional universe like really well and make you it, to the point where it makes you feel like you're of that world, I'm immediately a fan. Love it. Agreed. 
another like my third uh literary series that i was really into for a while was the aragon series which aragon is literally just dragon with an e i don't, I don't know if anybody knows that he just uh, changed I've actually, yeah i've actually read i think all of the books uh aragon eldest and i can't remember the name of the third i, I can't ever remember uh, that one either i think it was uh brisinger i'm not entirely sure i might be wrong i know that's one of the books don't know if it's the third one. It might be the fourth one. I'm not entirely sure, but that like that book series, I used to listen to it on like as like an audio book whenever yeah. I would ride in the car with like my mom going to or from somewhere, and I would look forward to that all the time. Just like, oh hey, like can we can we put the Aragon books on? Yeah. Um. The the other thing yeah, I have to say, those are my top three. Uh, I love that. The, the last one I, I'm gonna drop is you know. A lot of people don't give it credit because of the movies and it's perceived as like a kid thing. The the fucking Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series. Like if you actually sit down and read all because there's six books, people don't realize that there's six books in that series. The books are really like they're really well written. Yeah, like, like if you actually really read all six and like the story and the completion of the kids getting older and everything with Prince Kid, like dude. It's incredible. It's, it's like it's such a good story from like the first to the last, and there's yeah. so much to absorb in that whole story. So it's gonna it takes a while, and like the movies were definitely like watered down to appeal to like kids and families and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. But the, the books are so good; they're so, they're incredible. C.S. Lewis is a master. Um. Yes. He he is, and then a lot of people don't know this. C.S. Lewis and Tolkien actually helped each other with edits and wrote each yep. other's books. That's so a lot cool. of a lot of people don't realize that. Like those that, geniuses. That's a tidbit that like a lot of you're like you're saying a lot of people don't know about. No, yeah, they don't. So I love it. Anyways, okay, Nick, I have to take the most wicked piss. I appreciate <laughs> you being on the show. How can everybody? So I so how can everybody find your work and you and the band? All this stuff will be if anybody misses what Nick says. Down on here, after you go click subscribe, right underneath that, there's going to be a button that says subscribe, and then you click it, and you scroll down more, and I'll have all the Nick's links, the band, his his photography and video work, everything. All right, so uh, you can keep up with me. Uh, my my Twitter is nickchance underscore. My my personal Instagram is just leadxlungs. Uh, my work Instagram for my photography and videography is chance x visuals i have a chance visuals facebook page um i have a website as well www.chancevisuals.com uh really proud of that i just bought the domain name recently and respect respect feels nice feels good man yeah it feels does really it good. does so uh yeah like um all my all of my photo video work on the internet goes under the chance visuals moniker so okay. you can search that you can find me just about anywhere okay um distinguisher it all of our social media is distinguisher underscore. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you can just find us on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Everything is distinguisher underscore. Fuck yeah! All right, everybody, thanks for thanks for listening to Nick and I chat. Another episode of Joel Cupcake Live in the books. Nick, thanks for being my fucking guest, dude. Also, hey, I know you just cut off. I know you just cut off all your hair, and I fucking love the red, dude. It I, it's so sick, dude. I dig, dude. It. It's so sick, isn't it? I love it. It, it, dude, and it's like 
when I saw that you shaved your or buzzed your hair, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then you dyed it, and I was like, all right, sick. Dude, like, I, I had to do something. Like, I, I, I dyed it just in time for our next music video, which is coming sometime this summer. So that's something really great to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Can't wait I'm, to edit that motherfucker. That's I'm ready to. Sure. I'm ready to see it. You better send it to oh, me. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll I'll send you the first pass once I get it done. Okay, good, good. It's good. All right, it's good. everybody, follow Nick on the internet. Check out Distinguisher. Check out his video work. You know who the fuck I am. You don't need to follow me unless you want to. Please you subscribe. Oh, thanks, baby. You should subscribe to the show, please. I would appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week with another episode. I don't know if it'll be a guest. Might be a health update. Been 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 two months since I let you guys know what's going on with my Bell's palsy. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Anyways, I'm out. Bye.